Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Here they come to the stripe. Richard Petty's STP Oldsmobile. Waltrip dives to the inside. Petty almost put him off in the grass, and Richard Petty will win. Yeah, I mean, he's the best racer ever was, most wins. It's Richard Petty by a foot. Petty wins his 200th career NASCAR victory. Well, without Richard Petty, where would the sport be? He's a king. Petty is sliding, slamming into the wall. He's coming down toward the finish line. Will he make it? Motor Racing Network presents Richard Petty, Road to Royalty. The winner of the World 600, Richard Petty. He's always got something funny to say. He's always got a story. Ladies and gentlemen, this crowd is going wild at Daytona as Petty takes the checkered flag and wins. From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Welcome to part four of a series we call Richard Petty Road to Royalty. As we continue to celebrate his 80th birthday that took place at Daytona a few weeks ago, We'll cover in a 10-part series all aspects of the King and his contributions to the sport of NASCAR. You know, most Kings from medieval times rocked a crown, a surcoat, some fancy polished shoes perhaps, but not NASCAR's King. Petty's iconic image became a mainstay in the garage area for decades, and it still continues today. The King sports a cowboy hat, more oftentimes than not, with a pair of sunglasses, some jeans and cowboy boots, a staple for one of NASCAR's most polarizing figures. Petty says the cowboy hat tradition started when a vendor asked if he would wear it. Well, uh, my wife ran a little uh, store down there on the side of the road called uh, the Blue Hobby Horse. It was an antique shop. And Kyle came in there one day and said, hey, Mama, can I have that corner over there? Yeah, you can take it. So he started selling boots and hats and stuff like that. And uh, then uh, Charlie Horse, Charlie One Horse guy came by one day and started trying to get Kyle to take on his brand of hats and uh, he said I'll give you one of them if you get your daddy to wear one okay so he gave me one and I wore it and I liked it so the guys was out of West Chicago Illinois okay sometime I don't know in the next six months or something we was in Chicago so I went out and talked to him and we cut a deal and I've been wearing them ever since the king says the sunglasses weren't really an image item per se but more because his eyes became sensitive to light over the years the glasses come because I'm my eyes are real sensitive to light, and uh, he used to wear goggles and stuff, especially when we first started running dirt, and, and uh, they'd get all fogged up and all the deals, so didn't get enough air in them, so started wearing the sunglasses, and it just it's just been a, a deal that you didn't set out to be what you are or do what you did, it just came and came natural. And it was easy for me, so uh, I just kept doing it. The Charlie one-horse hat and the sunglasses became so popular that Petty says his fans don't even recognize him without the two sometimes. You know, it, it's funny you would think so. Uh, it, it'd be completely different, but you got to figure I've been around here so long. You mean that people that go to races or seen races or interested in any at all, uh, they recognize him uh, just, just because of the longevity of nothing else. He's even given some of his hats for charity. Petty's longtime crew chief and cousin Dale Lindman says 
Betty's given hats to charity auctions that have raised over five figures for just one hat. Two different auctions I've been to where they went for as many as as high as $22,000 I've seen them go for. And uh, there was one lady bidding on one that's bidding against each other, and it got up to 22000 He took one off his hat, so the 44000 come out of that one that time. And that giving back was what made Petty so popular with his fans. Petty's image was more than cowboy hats and boots. It was the fact that Richard would go out of his way to please fans. And from day one, he knew if it wasn't for the fans, there would be no sport. The fans pay the money, and we're filtered down, and we get some of their money. Then when the sponsors came in and stuff, if, if the fans don't buy our products, we don't have a race car. Okay, and if the fans don't come to the grandstand, we don't have races. So the fans are what, what racing and what NASCAR is all about. In November of 1992, Petty caught it quits on his racing career at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Richard, uh, there's a rumor out that you're going to quit this thing. Well, I've been thinking about it. Uh, we'll sort of see how this race comes out and we'll go from there. Same day as a young Jeff Gordon was making his first start for Rick Hendrick. And 21st in his first Winston Cup start, Jeff Gordon driving for Hendrick Motorsports, the DuPont Paints Chevrolet. It was a historic day for the sport. One that Jeff Gordon will never forget. Gordon remembers Petty being so gracious to the fans that day, signing every single autograph. You know, here's somebody that's been in the sport for many, many years, one of the most successful, if not the most successful driver ever. And in his final race weekend as a driver, he's taking time for the fans. So obviously that, that takes that accessibility to a whole nother level, and it sort of embeds it in you. And while I, I can't say that I did as good a job as Richard over my career, I always did remember that. I remembered a couple of things. I remembered my first experience with that, with one of my heroes, which was Rick Mears at the Indy 500. And different experience, because they don't have the same accessibility, or certainly not at the time. But he took time to, to sign an autograph and personalize it to me, and that meant a lot to me as a kid. Um, seeing Richard and, and seeing the accessibility that NASCAR had made me realize, okay, if I'm successful and I'm fortunate enough to have people that want my autograph walking through the garage area, you got to be gracious and, and, and find a way to balance out your focus on competition and your focus on, on the bigger picture of the sport and the fans. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Petty's autograph became legendary, and as Brendan Gaughan describes, it is one of the most recognizable autographs in sports. I mean, I remember he looked at me one day, and he saw my autograph, and he smiled. Because so many guys' autographs are just a bunch of scribbles that you can't understand to be as fast as humanly possible. So you can knock out people in an autograph line and can't even understand what their autograph looks like. Uh, I, I can pick out guys to this day and look and go, what the hell is that? And Richard looked at my autograph and laughed because I have an autograph. If, you ever, if anybody's ever seen Richard Petty's autograph or seen how he still signs it to this day, you know, he, the, I've actually been told by a driver that the least amount of times you pick up your pen, the faster it is, the more people you can get through. That's the mentality some people have today. Richard Petty does not have that mentality. And, and I love that about him still today. I mean, he, he, he would do those things for fans when he can, and he's awesome. And, and he likes that my autograph is, is 
you know, not one that that, that is just a flat line that you can that you can fly through quickly. Um, so it's he he's an amazing man. He's been great for our sport, and he's the reason why all three of us are able to sit here today because guys like him, you know, and and, and his his father Lee and Ralph Earnhardt and those guys took the time back in the early days to just be one of the fans with it. And and Richard's a great man, a great mentor to this deal, and it is true. It's he's eighty years old and he's in the garage on TV last week, you know, with a backup driver in his race car, and there he is standing there looking under the hood. Looks nothing like what he looked at when he was driving. But he's sitting there looking at it, going, probably saying, Man, what the hell they got in there now? But you know, it's I love that he's still a big part of our sport and uh, happy birthday. Legend has it that Petty never turned down an autograph. At least to this day, no one will ever admit that he did. And as Dale Inman says, he set a standard for fan appreciation that most drivers envy to this very day. It, it's amazing that he set that standard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but uh, the times are different now, too. I got to give that credit to the guys. You know what I mean? There's so much going on, but uh, we've waited on Richard three or four hours after a race, just sitting right by the race car, not changing uniform. Or, but he's sitting right there and signing autographs to the last person's gone. The King says he never really understood the fascination of fans wanting his autograph. He just felt like a normal person. He did say that it did mean a lot to him when fans asked for an autograph, and it's something that happens to this very day, and it's something very special to him. It was, it was a big deal for, for people to uh, uh, come out of the woods, more or less, or rednecks and stuff, and come out and see somebody that they'd seen a picture of them in a the paper or read about them in the paper. So, uh, you know, even if they didn't know you, that if you was in racing business, they wanted your autograph. And uh, so it just it, it got to be a tradition, you know, from that standpoint. And, you know, it's one of the deals where, um, you know, you'd sign something, you know the people take them home and throw them away or put them up and they never look at them, and half of them we can't read anyway. So uh, it was just, uh, it's a deal, and it still is. I mean, you know, there's still people standing in line for weeks more or less to get, you know, an Earnhardt or Jeff Gordon's autograph or something like that. And, uh, you know, it, mean, it means a whole lot at that particular time to everybody. And then later on, it means a lot to a lot of other people, too. So it's a, it's a great way of doing it. We had to, of course, ask Richard, what's the weirdest thing he ever signed? <laughs> you name it, I think I've signed it. You know what I mean? From naked bodies to, I guess the weirdest thing I ever signed was a duck, okay? And, uh, but I've signed everything in between the duck and people, you know. The King never really had a defining moment when he realized he was a star. It went from trying to put food on the table to trying to win the next championship. We had our own team. You know, my dad started in 1949. I worked on the car, got ready to drive. So I just started driving. And it was just, that was my job. And you never thought about what you accomplished or whatever. Uh, as long as you could come back Sunday night and give mother some money, then everything was fine. So uh, you just looked at it that way. And then, you know, everything just kept building and building and building. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, you start winning races, you win championships. Uh, you know, start getting recognition. Uh, and and it, it's one of those deals where it came on so gradual. It wasn't like being a, a playing football or something in college and then getting a big contract to go play the pros. And, you know, and all of a sudden it hits you, man. You know, guys got $5 million and never seen more than $15. You know, well, we wasn't that way. We just kept building on what we'd already built on. And, uh, it just happened, and <laughs> we're still here. Richard Petty never set out to be the most popular driver in the sport. 
But he knew if he treated the fans right and won races, that would be an added bonus. Nobody, I don't think, really says, okay, I want to be the most popular driver and I got to do this, this, and this. You know, over a period of time, you just you just do your thing and uh, it's just uh, icing on the cake if you happen to win the thing. You've, you've got this little group that really votes for you every year and no matter what, they are going to continue to vote for you as long as you run. And then you got another guy coming along. He's got a different group of people. His group's just not as big because they've not accumulated. The autograph, the cowboy hat, his personality were all just small parts of the King's lure. Petty says his nickname, The King, came from a few reporters having fun one night in 1967. We had four or five uh, reporters that went to all the races. I think one was from Greensboro, one was from Charlotte, one was from Atlanta, Columbia, anyhow. And uh, they was bad about drinking from time to time. <laughs> so uh, I think they was all out one night and they got to thinking about it and they said, you know, something come up. I don't know how it got started, but they said, you know, look, David Pearson said he's the silver fox. You know, somebody else is something else. Richard is the king. Okay, and I told him if my name had been Jim, I don't know if it had been King Jim. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so Richard just that automatically fit into the deal. And one or two of them wrote about it, and just wrote, you know, King Richard or something like that. And then the first thing you know, the whole country catches on to it, or the whole uh, press and stuff. And, and you got to figure back in. Most everything was was written. You didn't have that much TV, uh, had not that much radio. You know, I mean, maybe for the race, but there wasn't no after shows or before shows and stuff like that. So everybody got their information out of out of the newspaper or a magazine. So, it, you know, and I think when people read stuff, it it stays with them a little bit more than if they just see it. Uh, you know, you see something on TV and then you read it in the paper, but you read it a little bit different. The King turned 80 years old a few weeks ago in Daytona, and for the next six weeks, we'll continue celebrating his legacy and his importance to the sport. Join us next Tuesday for part five of Richard Petty Road to Royalty as we cover Petty's career as car owner at Petty Enterprises and Richard Petty Motorsports. Until then, for the Motor Racing Network, I'm Mike Bagley. Have a great week. Richard Petty Road to Royalty is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the description and accounts contained in this broadcast must be with the express written consent of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.